T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome into Home and Home. Not so happy if you're out there on the left coast. For you, just keep in mind, the Lakers play this morning, and it is still football season. You've got the Rams. You've got the Chargers. You've got the LA Kings. Not all is lost in the sports universe. Home and Home is Radio.com, sports original. We are brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free right now. ZipRecruiter dot com slash enter zip recruiter is the smartest way to hire it's a free money thursday here on home and home nick costos has all the best betting tips for this week in pro and college football brad evans in the nine o'clock hour with all your fantasy football tips and who to bet on tonight's game and we close out the show 10 o'clock hour andy hart tells us just how good this patriots defense is and how bad Gronk just might be in his television debut tonight on Thursday Night Football. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker, home in Pennsylvania. And wow, oh wow, do we start with heartbreak. We told you about the rage room that they have at the Philadelphia Flyers Arena. Well, they just might need one at Chavez Ravine because they're going to need to break some stuff after what happened to the Los Angeles Dodgers Late last night, while many of you were sleeping, it is historic in so many ways. It is heartbreaking. Here's the situation. The 31-year World Series drought on the line. They're trying to reach the NLCS. It's 3-1 to one Dodgers, six outs away from reaching that NLCS with a Hall of Fame pitcher, one of the greats of all time on the mound, Clayton Kershaw. And then this all happened. Eddie Rendon will lead off. Hershaw's 1-0 to Rendon. Swung on, hit of the year to deep left center field. Taylor going back. Warning track at the wall. He leaps. It is gone. Goodbye. Bang. Zoom goes Rendon on the second pitch from Clayton Kershaw. And this is now a one-run game here at the top of the eighth inning. Here's the pitch. He swings and belts one to deep right center field. Way back. Going. Going. And gone. Goodbye. Halfway up the pavilion. A tremendous game. Tying home run by Juan Soto. And this game is all even. The Nationals dugout goes wild as Soto crosses the plate. He has tied this game. Kelly's one strike pitch. Swinging a fly ball, center field deep. Bellinger going back to the warning track, to the wall. It's a grand slam. Howie Kendrick has done it. They're going crazy in the Nationals dugout. Howie Kendrick with a grand slam here in the 10th inning of game five. The Nationals seven, the Dodgers three. Do you believe it? One ball, one strike on Justin Turner. Here's the pitch. Swinging a fly ball, shallow center. Racing on his Taylor, closing on it, dives, and he caught it! A diving catch ends the series! What a play by Michael Taylor! A diving catch, and the Nationals, for the first time in their history, will play in the National League Championship Series. So the heartbreak for the 
Los Angeles Dodgers continues. Dave Roberts, could he be on his way out? How do we view Clayton Kershaw? Historically different in Washington Nationals fans. Exuberant this morning. Just to recap that for you, Kershaw serves up back-to-back home runs on consecutive pitches to Anthony Rendon and Juan Soto. Howie Kendrick, his Wikipedia page changed last night to executioner of the Los Angeles Dodgers with a game-winning grand slam. Kendrick had made three errors in that series. Shocking to see him in that situation, and boy, does he come through seven for your final. The Dodgers won 106 games, club best, best in the bigs, and they are done for the year. They are golfing. Ross Tucker, is there anything like postseason agony in baseball? Do you have a football comp, for example, for one of the greats of all time like Kershaw, continually coming up so, so bad in big moments? Well, first of all, Dave, I was one of those people that went to bet. I think it was, I think it was three. I think it was. I think it was three nothing when I went to bed. At, at, you know, the three runs off of Strasburg, and I thought, man, the uh, the Dodgers are in pretty good shape here. I don't think they're going to blow this one. And then to wake up and read and then watch how it happened, absolutely incredible. You know. There was a time early in Peyton Manning's career where there was a thought process that he wasn't as good in the postseason as he was in the regular season. I don't know if that was really fair or not, or if he just happened to lose to the Patriots when they played the Patriots. I don't remember Peyton Manning's individual performance being as bad as Kershaw's is. I know he threw a couple picks in the snow one time, to Ty Law and maybe the 03 championship game. So I know that there was something to that. But honestly, I, I can't think of very many others. Maybe maybe John Elway in the first three Super Bowls that the Broncos lost, although their defense couldn't stop the teams they were going against in those Super Bowls a lick. So I don't know that I have a really good football comparison for Clayton Kershaw. And I guess, look, we can spend time talking about that, and I think that's a good thing to discuss. But the other part of it is, knowing what his postseason track record is, his postseason history is, why on earth, if you are Dave Roberts, would you put him in that situation? People can say, well, he really likes him. He feels like he owes him a lot. He's a good pitcher. Thought he'd give him that opportunity. All you did was make it so much worse. If you really liked him, you wouldn't have put him in in that situation. Because yep. now, if there was any, that narrative was, ah, it's a little bit overblown. I mean, it's not overblown anymore. I mean, now it's really unfortunate because he is one of the best pitchers of all time. And that is what we're going to remember about him. How bad he was in the postseason. It stinks, but it's true. See, Ross, there's a baseball guy in there after all. You're exactly right why this is on Dave Roberts. Because we've seen this movie before with Clayton Kershaw. It's not as if this is the first time we've seen him falter coming out of the bullpen. First off, you have to keep in mind, and Dave Roberts knows this. He's been in baseball his entire life. The mentality of a closer 
is so dramatically different from the mentality of that of a starting pitcher. And clearly, something about that doesn't work for Clayton Kershaw. He has never, in his regular season career as a starter, given up back-to-back home runs and consecutive pitches. It has happened twice in his postseason career. He is the winningest all-time pitcher in the modern era when it comes to percentage, and yet in the postseason, he is 9-11. If we need more evidence, he has a 2-4-4 ERA in the regular season as a starting pitcher. In the postseason, his ERA is 4-3-3, almost twice, and the greatest disparity in modern times in baseball. For me, it is a bit of a comp as a fan, just a fan experience, not the Kershaw experience. I was at the Denver Broncos 1997 playoff game, 13-3 and in the regular season. They were rolling. We were going to the Super Bowl. The Jags come to town, 9-7. and No chance we were going to roll them. Broncos had a 12-point lead in the first quarter, lost 30-27, and that place was stunned. There wasn't a single word uttered from any fan among the 75,000 there. They were just stunned. We were heartbroken. It was silent. It was like a funeral. For a comp to Clayton Kershaw, I don't think there is one. Dan Fouts might be the one that comes to mind for me, one of the all-time great quarterbacks, but three and four in the postseason, 12 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. Back to the baseball of it. Let's hear from the principals here. Here is first Dave Martinez and then Howie Kendrick, who hit that game-winning game winning Grand Slam. Number one, it's the first time that this franchise has been into the NLCS since the 1981 Expos. How excited are you for everything that you've been through and the history of the team in Washington? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really excited, one, for uh, the, the boys in that clubhouse that fought all year. Um, you know, as you all know, you know, uh, we were not 19 and 31 at one point and um, turned this thing around. So uh, I've said this all year long that these guys, this group is resilient. They won't quit till the last out and they, and they play hard, you know, every single day. As far as this franchise, man, I, I couldn't be prouder to be a part of this franchise uh, for the fans who um, showed up, you know, through all those miserable days that we had early. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. And, uh, and yeah, we're playing for National League Championship. A lot of fun. After a hard-fought game, Strasburg did a heck of a job tonight. Soto, Tony tied the game up. I mean, you know, extra innings, too. I mean, it's, it, you couldn't make this up, you know, and it's, it's definitely a dream come true. You know what? There's no success without effort or error. So, you know, being out here, being able to play and have an opportunity to do what I did tonight, you know, it's truly a blessing, you know. You know what? We never gave up. Uh, you know, the, the city had faith in us. The fans had faith in us. We believed in ourselves. You know, everybody came through for us. I mean, every guy on this roster and some guys that aren't, you know, they stepped up and did a great job. And you can't help but think this morning, what does it feel like if you are Bryce Harper? Spent your career with that organization, but you left for your $330 million. And now for the first time, the Nationals as an organization win a postseason series must be a very strange feeling for him. Now to the other side. Here are Dave Roberts and Clayton Kershaw after a devastating loss. Clayton, I felt good about Clayton right there at Eaton. And um, when you got Rendon and Soto, 
So I felt that um, I like Clayton. He threw, I don't know what it was, a couple pitches. And we had Clayton ready for whatever today. And uh, so for Maida to go through Soto, um, you know, Kenta in this role, we really liked him against the right-hander. And um, the success that Clayton's had against Soto uh, with a two-run lead, I'll take Clayton, you know, any day in that situation. I just think it's one of those where it was easy for me to get Clayton with uh, the low pitches to get Rendon and to go out there and get Soto and um, to have Kenta behind him. Uh, that was that was my thought and not have Kenta go through Soto. You know, when is the analytics going to come into play and, you know, show that Kershaw hasn't been, you know, successful in the postseason? When is that, you know, kind of a conversation to have? I, I that that's a that's a tough question for me to answer honestly. You know, I, I had one job to do: is get three outs, and got one out, and um, didn't get the other two, and they went over the fence, cost us the game right there. So um, that's it's a terrible feeling. Um, you know, there's no no excuses. Just didn't make pitches, and guy hit over the fence twice. So. Clayton, is this about as worse as you've ever felt? Yeah, probably so. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to hang my head. I'm going to be here. I'm going to continue to try to fight, continue to try to compete. I'm not going to shy away from it, continue to do it. Everything people say is true right now about postseason. I understand that. Um, I, nothing I can do about it right now. Uh, it's a terrible feeling. It really is. But, uh, um, yeah, I'm not going to hang my head and be here next year and try to do the same thing and continue to try and, that photo of Clayton Kershaw sitting on that bench, hand in his face, it is devastating. That, folks, you are looking, if you are watching on the radio.com app, we appreciate that. That is sports. That is devastating. That is an all-time great, a Hall of Famer, devastated. He has given up. 24 home runs in his postseason career, 158 innings, 24 home runs. He's given up 14 home runs in the last 70 postseason innings. Just a little context here for you, and it might be ridiculous context because, you know, you're talking about the greatest closer of all time, why the closer mentality is so different. Mariano Rivera in his postseason career, two, two home runs he allowed. This is why starters are starters and closers are our closers, and Dave Roberts could be out of a job this morning. The other game was far different. No drama there. Uh, boy, the Cardinals come out and pound the Atlanta Braves 10 runs in the first inning, reminding me, and I brought props today, of Mike Tyson, Michael Spinks, 91 seconds, knockout, game over, devastating punch in the face, Interesting change before the game, Ross. They took away the uh, foam tomahawk chop because that had been offensive to a Cardinals pitcher. But how about that when you have a winner-take-all game and you come out and serve up 10 in the first? What would that feel like in terms of a gut punch? Uh, not good. Not, not good at all. Um, it's really interesting because both baseball games – you see things truly unique. And, and that is one cool thing about baseball that, you know, people will tell you anytime you go to a baseball game, 
you have a chance to see something you've never seen before. I can't remember in a deciding game, Dave, uh, one team getting 10 runs like the Cardinals did. I mean, they 10 run ruled them. I mean, if this were if this were youth baseball, the game would have been over right there. They got 10 run ruled. It's unbelievable uh, to think that you could get that many runs in one inning is crazy and just totally deflated those poor people in Atlanta. Oh, my gosh. The, the Braves are like the Clayton Kershaw of postseason baseball. The Braves just cannot get it done, and Kershaw cannot get it done. I mean, I can tell you this much, Dave. So that's the last time you're going to see two game-deciding, you know, fifth games in which the one game a team had 10 runs in the first inning and the other game the Hall of Fame pitcher gave up home runs on back-to-back pitches to essentially lose it for his team. You're not going to see that again. I would agree with that. This is uh, this is a very interesting postseason. It's been very colorful. It's been full of drama. Who knows what we're in store for tonight? Because keep in mind, the lowest payroll in baseball, Tampa Bay Rays, take on the prohibitive World Series favorite, Houston Astros, in another winner-take-all game tonight. And yes, this one could be very different because how good Houston has been in these spots with Garrett Cole on the hill. But who knows, man, this postseason has told us anything can happen. It will be an interesting one to see tonight, Ross. And you know what, Dave? You said it about the Dodgers. They might have to go ahead and they might have to hire a new manager. There's a lot of managerial openings out there. It's obviously not real easy to find one. My advice, but of course, ZipRecruiter. Hiring's a slow process. Cafe El Toro COO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company who's having trouble finding qualified applicants. He switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's really no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. That's ziprecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, more from the baseball a bit later on, including another example of why you should never use Instagram Live in a clubhouse or a locker room. An epic postseason rant by the Cardinals skipper that has now been deleted. That's coming up later in the program. But first, what's happening right now, 
The Los Angeles Lakers, Brooklyn Nets are playing after all in China as the dispute between the NBA and the Chinese continues and it is not dying down in any way, shape or form. The game went on, but the pregame press conference from Commissioner Adam Silver was canceled. The postgame media availability with all the high profile players playing in this game canceled. So you will not hear from LeBron James and company. You will not hear from the Nets, nor the coaches, nor the GMs or owners of the organization. The standoff continues. Banners were ripped down across the city, across China, displaying the Lakers and the Nets. Business relationships continue to be severed. Outside, back here in Washington, D.C., there were fans outside the D.C. arena where there was preseason basketball with Hong Kong signs and handing out Hong Kong T-shirts. In Philadelphia, a fan was kicked out of a game for a Hong Kong sign and chanting, Free Hong Kong. This dispute, folks, is far from over. And you know who stepped right into the middle of it. Yes, your president of the United States, instead of taking on China, instead of taking on the autocratic regime, instead of speaking out in favor of the Hong Kong pro-democracy protesters, he went right at Steve Kerr and Popovich. Listen. I watch uh, this guy, Steve Kerr, and he was like a little boy. He was so scared to be even answering the question. He couldn't answer the question. He was shaking. Oh, oh I don't know. I don't know. He didn't know how to answer the question. And he, he'll talk about the United States very badly. I watched Popovich, sort of the same thing, but he didn't look quite as scared, actually. But they talk badly about the United States, but when it talks about China, they don't want to say anything bad. I thought it was pretty sad, actually. All right, so just for context now, to give you a little political background here, the president agreed to stay silent on the Hong Kong protests during trade talks with the Chinese, yet he takes the time to criticize Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich for doing the same thing. Hypocritical, much, Ross? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I think he sees it on some level the way I do. I don't think he really, like, t I think his point is probably similar to mine. And by the way, I, I dislike even bringing Trump into it because I have my viewpoint from yesterday and then Donald Trump spoke after me. But when you tie Trump into it, it sounds like I'm agreeing with Trump. And then obviously, however many people, whatever percentage of people in the United States that hate Trump will automatically dislike everything that I say. I think he looks at it the same way I do. Which is, and by the way, yeah, Trump probably is being hypocritical, by the way. He probably is. But his reaction was similar to my reaction. And it's not that they necessarily should say something in this China-Hong Kong dispute. Because frankly, Dave, I wouldn't say anything. I would, if, I, if I was associated with the NBA, I wouldn't say anything. If I was associated with the NFL or any business interest to China, if I'm being honest, I wouldn't say anything. Number one, I wouldn't want to hurt those business interests. Number two, frankly, I don't know enough 
about China and Hong Kong and that dynamic to really speak intelligently on it. But I also don't say things about stuff going on in the United States. I also don't go out of my way to always seemingly chime in on any political or social issue in the United States because I have decided, number one, I'm frankly not informed enough to say that stuff like that publicly. And number two, no matter what you say, it's polarizing. No matter what you say, people will skew it politically and 50% of the people won't like what you say. I see no value in that. So I don't comment on that. What I find hypocritical is when it feels like there are a bunch of people in the NBA like Steve Kerr, like Greg Popovich, there are players, others, who have championed so many, you know, personal right causes, right, human rights causes. They're on the front end, and it seems like they get all kinds of positive feedback and kudos for the stances they take, and they're always doing the right thing, and the media seems to love what they have to say and ask about every topic. But now they get to this topic and they clam up and they don't want to talk about it. It seems to me like they are willing to support human rights causes unless it has the possibility to negatively impact their bottom line. Then they choose to be quiet. That, I think, is hypocritical. It seems to me like there is a price point or a point at which they no longer feel comfortable speaking out about something. Well, you, you should be more informed to what Steve Kerr said, which is I have a family member who teaches on this area and he wants to get more informed before he just starts speaking out the way others do. Um, this is a very complicated situation, which I promise you most people who are speaking out about it have no damn clue what they're talking about. So, number one, I applaud Steve Kerr for not speaking before he actually learned what was going on because I have friends in Hong Kong who cover that protest who still think the exact uh, demands that they have are very confusing. They're not even sure if they have one central focus. So how should Steve Kerr be sure? And how should Greg Popovich be sure? Number two, I find nothing at all hypocritical about commenting on your president of the United States and domestic political issues and then choosing not to speak out about another nation far, far away that you know very little about. There is nothing hypocritical about that. We're all Americans and we're all entitled to speak out, whether you're an athlete, a professor, a banker, or a lawyer, on our politics, on our president, on our social issues. But that's not hypocritical if you don't feel comfortable speaking about what happens in China and what happens under, under their autocratic regime. They're not hypocritical. And number two, and all your followers, Ross, came out of me and told me how I got schooled and I got slammed and I don't know what I'm talking about, even though I do know more than any of them about this issue. How many of them and how many of you listening? And how about you, Ross Tucker? Would you be willing? to sacrifice the growth of your company, of your industry? Would you be able to take money out of your pocket knowing it's a bad career decision 
to speak out on another country's government issues. No one who's chirping at me on Twitter, and no offense, but quite frankly, you neither, would be willing to sacrifice your industry, your growth, your company to speak out on another country's policies. That's BS. No, and and, and Dave, you're 100% right. I, I already said that. And I think all the people on social media feel the same way. I've already said that. I wouldn't speak out. I wouldn't. I wouldn't speak out and hurt my bottom line. I wouldn't hurt my business interests. But you are you believe that Steve Kerr is not speaking out on what's clearly human rights infringement in China. Is it complicated? Yeah, it's it's complicated. But the net net is the people of Hong Kong are having their rights infringed upon. That that's the net net. And you believe that Steve Kerr is not speaking out because he's not educated enough on it. I believe Steve Kerr is not speaking out on it because the Golden State Warriors are the number one team in China, and he's probably been told not to speak out. Either he's been told not to speak out on it, or he's choosing not to speak out on it. I don't think it has anything to do with his level of education on what's going on there. I think it's his business interest. I think that's fine. I just think it's hypocritical if you only speak out when it doesn't affect your your business interest negatively. We're going to have to agree to disagree on this. I, I think you are more than entitled to speak out on your domestic politics, your president of the United States, your social issues, and it's not hypocritical if you choose not to wade into other country's affairs. But this story is far from over. It will soon be an NFL story. It will soon be a Major League Baseball and an Olympic story. Every sport wants to get into China. We should be focusing on China, on what they're doing to cut down on free speech, to cut down on human rights. But unfortunately, that's not what we do. And when Ted Cruz, Republican senator, goes and rips the NBA for being apologetic, he doesn't know what he's talking about either. Because the one takeaway, if you have your ears open to Adam Silver, is that Adam Silver has said repeatedly, we will not apologize for Daryl Morey's tweet, a tweet that has, of course, been deleted. We will not apologize. We realize there are consequences to that tweet, and we're willing to accept them. The Chinese are furious with Adam Silver because he refuses to apologize, because they are so accustomed to the apology. They have a routine that they spoon-feed to companies, that they spoon-feed to organizations, and in this case, in all likelihood, to the NBA. And the NBA chose not to do what they wanted. So I say bravo repeatedly to the way Adam Silver has handled this situation. I think he has been a tightrope walker. That is why we've heard whispers that the NFL gave a call to Adam Silver, best commissioner in all of sports. Coming up in just a bit after a break, we're going to bring in our friend Nick Costos. Some free money coming your way. One of the best bets in college and pro football this weekend. And what does he think of his Giants with um, Danny Dimes and nobody else taking on the New England Patriots and a defense that has not allowed a passing touchdown in five games. How ugly will it be? We'll at Costos after a real quick break here on Home and Home.
Thursday night football is a beauty. Hope you you got a few beers ready to crack open tonight or perhaps some tequila. You might need something stronger if you are a Giants fan. 17-point dogs, biggest in Giants history, biggest in Thursday night football history. And I've got your morning papers. Oh, Daniel versus Goliath chooses the New York Post. The hometown papal feels sorry for what's about to happen to Nick Costos Giants. Let's bring in our friend from You Better You Bet, Nick Costos. Good to see you, friend. Dave Briggs, Ross Tucker. I got another paper for you. Oh, yeah, I got yeah. another one. Have mercy, says the New York Daily News. So you got no Saquon, no Gallman, no Sterling Shepard, no Ingram. How would you write the headline for what's about to happen tonight? Um, yeah, the Giants aren't going to score a point. That's my prediction. The Giants get shut out tonight. Um, whatever the team total is for the Giants, 13, 12, whatever it is, I would take the under. I would take the under if the team total was three points or two points. In all seriousness, like the Giants are not going to score tonight. And as a Giants fan, you, you don't really care. What are you supposed to do? Like this is like an impossible spot. You know, if they played Eli, then obviously you take the Giants on the money line because Eli owns Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's soul. Um, in all seriousness, <laughs> though. Um, no, I mean, look, you either bet the Patriots or you do nothing at all. If you're a Giants fan, you can't get upset if they lose this game. Like, like the entire offense basically is hurt except for the rookie quarterback going up against the Patriots on the road. What can you do? So I'm expecting the Patriots to thoroughly beat them down tonight. And if you're out there considering whether or not you want to bet on this game, here would be my question for you. Do you think the Patriots can score 18 or more points? If the answer is yes, I would bet on New England. In no circumstances, no circumstances can you bet on the New York football giants. Nick, I know a lot of people like my buddy Dominic Gallo are listening right now on the radio.com app. What's up, Dom? And yeah, hello, Dom. And they, but they cannot see you. In all yeah. sincerity, dude, you, you have to be trolling us at this point, right? Like with this what? is a with, joke. With what? Like, you, with what? You're not, you're not being serious, right? Oh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm never not serious. There's never been a moment in my life where I've kid about anything, so I'm not even sure what you're okay, referring so, to. Okay, so, so just I, I for clarity's either. sake, that, that hair, like yeah. that's really, <laughs> what? That's really how you want your hair to look like. Would you go yeah, out I don't know if it's public? got I don't know if it's got a lot. Oh yeah, dude, it looks it looks amazing. Would you Absolutely. go out in public with your hair like that? I'm going to. I have. Yeah, would you go out tense, in public? Like would you go out in public with your hair like that and the Adidas pimp suit? Yeah, I did yesterday. That was my outfit yesterday on a rainy day here in 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 the Northeast. Adidas pimp suit, Adidas sneakers, hair chain, Hold on. gold watch. Are, Hell yeah. Do you have do you have the matching pants? Of course I have them. Dave, what kind of fucking question is that? Of course I have the matching pants. <laughs> yes! I'm kind of fucking, what do you think, I'm some kind of asshole here? You're kind of an asshole for even asking the question, to be honest. Of course I have the matching pants. And I have a pair of matching shorts to go with it also, but that's for the summer. In, a, in all sincerity, Nick, what do you think other people think when they see you walking around yeah. with that yeah. hair and that outfit? Well, in all sincerity, I think you've used the phrase in all sincerity 30 times already in the course of this, this, this short conversation. Here would be my answer for you, Ross. Have you ever, um, you're a, a learned man. Have you ever, uh, are you familiar with Ayn Rand's work, The Fountainhead? Great book. You ever read The Fountainhead? I don't read books, no. read books. <laughs> okay, right, which, which, which is hilarious because he's one of the smartest guys I've ever met. The Fountainhead's a great book. The main character, Howard R Rourke, is, 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 um, is uh, the bad guy reveals his plan to Howard Rourke at, at one point in the book, and he's desperate to know what Howard Rourke thinks of him, and he goes to him, what do you think of me knowing what I've done to you? And Howard Rourke says, I don't. That would be my answer to you, Ross. I don't think about what the other people think because I don't give a shit. 
Okay, next question. I want to stay on the same topic. Sure. What would you think if you saw someone looking like you walk? Forget what other yeah. people think. What yeah. would you think if you saw someone looking like you walking towards you on the street? Well, in all sincerity, I wouldn't think anything because I don't care what people wear. I th I'm very much an equal opportunity. Whatever people want to do is, is cool with me, and I'm not really much of a judger, to be honest. I, I, th I think people can do what they want, and I do what I want, and that's, and that's it. What would you You're say? You're so shit. You judge everybody you come across. That yeah, was that. the biggest you lie you've you ever told. You don't, you don't know Hold that. Hold on. I, I told, I've what, told bigger lies than that, perhaps, potentially. Well, what would you think, Costos, of a guy that every day wanted to remind you he went to Princeton and wore Princeton clothes? Would you judge that guy, and what would you think? No, I think— if I went to be fair, like if I went to Princeton and I played in the NFL, I would let people know all the time also. So like I have no problem. Like I have to be consistent, right? Like I love my hair. I think I've got great hair. I think I've got impeccable style also. Look, some people may disagree and that's fine. You know, fashion and beauty are in the eye of the beholder. But you know, I like people to know I have great hair, which is why I do it the way that I do it. Ross wants to let people know he went to Princeton. I wear this chain to let girls know potentially I have money. So it's like, you know, we all do things for a reason, right? And I don't hate on anyone for anything. I'm all good with it. Like Dave, when you show up doing the show and your tie is just slightly askew looking like, oh, maybe I did this on accident, when in truth, you probably spent like seven to 10 minutes getting it like that before you came on camera like that's what you do dave so everyone's got all shit that they do i'm just open about it because i don't give a shit i put it all out there yes is my hair a little out there maybe so am i wearing an adidas track suit you're goddamn right i am do i give a shit hell no this is hey, a book for you, you i like that <laughs> let me ask you this nick okay dave and i have had a debate the last okay. two days i like regarding the nba and China. And oh, yeah. I know this isn't your expertise. You know, we're asking about sports betting stuff, but I have no idea what you're going to say. None. I guess I just want to get your thoughts on, you know, Popovich and Kerr and others in the NBA being quiet as it relates to China and Hong Kong. I have no idea what you're going to say. I just want a th everybody on social media agrees with me, but. Yeah. They might well, what do you think? So I don't well, know. Well, 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 what do you, well, yeah. well, what do you think? What do you think, Ross, for a little context? Like no, 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 no. I don't want you to know what I think or what Dave okay. thinks. We want to okay. know what you think. Okay, candidly, like my opinion on the entire thing, there is, guys, there's a lot going on in this world that I don't care about. So I don't say this lightly. There's nothing, nothing in the world I care less about than whether China shows NBA games. It affects my life. 0.0%, whether in Beijing, they're going to show the, the, you know, the, you know, the Monday matinee between the Knicks and the Nets. Don't care. Nothing I care less about than whether the NBA is shown in China. I hate stories like this. I used to hate when I had to get up and talk about them and like feign like I cared. Like, oh my God, like uh, Daryl Morey's tweet and now China's not going to, who, ca who cares? Zero effect on my life. Doesn't affect the point <laughs> spread. Does not affect anything that I do. I don't give a shit. Nothing I, like I care less about. I, no, I, no, no, no. I'm not letting you get out on that, Nick. That, that's what, what I do think, you though. Think I don't about, care. That's his honest opinion. I get it. I get that you don't care. What do you think, though, about the NBA and how they're handling it, and in particular, what Donald Trump said about Popovich and Kerr? I no, know you have an it. opinion. 
Yeah, I, yeah. The opinion is that I don't have one. It's it's, it's irrelevant. I'll say this, like, um, and this is not meant to be a defense of like the coaches or like I'm praising over the president or the other way around. But I mean, like, look, if you're an employee of a company and you're like, huh, if I say this, I may get fired. Like, Daryl Morey's probably shitting bricks right now. Like, he's a great general manager. He may lose his job over this. Like, I, you got to toe the company line to a degree until you find out what the hell is going on. So, I mean, look, like, I think that there are probably valid points to be made on both sides here, but I, I kind of see where everyone's coming from. And again, I just think the entire thing is such an epic waste of time for us to be talking about. Like, this is like a news story. It's not a sports story. Who cares if they're showing fucking NBA games in China? It could yeah. not be more irrelevant. It has no impact on anything that we do. It impacts our lives collectively at zero percent. Zero percent. I never want right. to talk about it. Ever. And I will never talk about it on any show that I that I host. We will never talk about shit like that ever, because I don't care. And with that, we move on. And you're right, it, it is ironic. Last word on it is Daryl Morey is one of the more cognitive, measured GMs in all of sports. Everything is measured and, and, and stat-driven. It's weird that he would fire off something without thinking about it. He's not a real gut-feel guy. You are a gut-feel guy. Can I, can I, can I throw this out there? Can I throw this out there? Yeah. I apologize. Can I throw this out there? Just because I do yeah. want to kind of give... I did like how Trump made sure to, like, when he ripped Steve Kerr, and he said Steve Kerr sounded like a little boy, and then he started on Popovich. And then he made sure to say, though, that Popovich didn't look as scared as Kerr did. So Kerr was really the object of his derision. <laughs> they just used Popovich as a way to make Kerr look even worse. That would be my one critique. I thought Trump was funny in his critique of Steve Kerr. There's my critique. There you go. All right, good. Let's get back into your wheelhouse on gambling. Where's my money going this week? Oh, man, we got to I, I got to tell you guys here, you know, I'm always candid when I come on the show, right? There are some weeks when I like maybe like one or two games and like I'm not really confident about the rest of the board. This is a week where, and I think any gambler can understand this, right? Where I am so confident heading into this weekend that I feel like I'm almost not confident. Like like the sh the other shoe's <laughs> gonna drop at some point. I legitimately think I'm not losing a bet this whole weekend. Like I have killed baseball. We swept yesterday. We had the Rays in game four. We're taking the Rays again tonight. Um, I'm probably not gonna bet the game tonight. I may bet the under in the, uh, the the Giants team total under, but I don't think I'm gonna lose a football bet this weekend. So let's start in the National Football League in the games that I love. Now I said this, I think last week on this show, I do fucking so many of these, I don't even fucking know what I say on half of them. Um, but we got the ultimate situational spot as a result of Monday night's results. So the Bra the Niners killed the Browns on Monday night. We had the San Francisco 49ers, right? Um, now we get the Rams at a discount this Sunday against the, the 49ers. Rams are reeling, coming off two straight losses. Niners are undefeated. Rams are minus three and a half. The Rams will win that game by double digits at home. So I love the Rams at home against the 49ers. And conversely, we are going to buy low, guys. And I said a couple weeks ago on the show to buy low on the Browns before they went into Baltimore because that was like Enron-level stock. Huh, I was wrong. What's worse than Enron? This is like Tyco-level stock right now for the Cleveland Browns. We are buying in Tyco this weekend for Cleveland against the Seattle team that's not as good as its 4-1 record would indicate. So I would say that my two best bets, guys, and I can give you a lot more, but my two best bets this weekend, Rams laying it at home against San Francisco, and the Browns right now are home underdogs, which is insane against the Seahawks. The Browns are going to win that game on the field, and I think they're going to win the game by 7 to 10 points. Wow. Uh, you are incorrect, by the way. Seahawks last played on Thursday. Browns played Monday night. That would surprise me. I actually, Nick, it's funny that you said it. I feel the opposite. I feel like the lines are getting sharper. I only put in a, two or three bets this week on the Even Money mm. podcast. I'm not going to have that much to say, frankly, on the You Better You Bet show on well, Sunday on. with you and Danny Parkins. I, I, on. Most of them are stayaways for me. And I look, I was up four units again last weekend. 
I'm up 16 units for the season. Oh, big units. But most of these, they, they make me nervous. So I, I find it interesting that you find so much value in the board when I feel like the lines are sharper and I, I really didn't see a whole lot of value. Listen, man, you may be right. Like, I may come on the show next I may not come on the show next week. Like, I may have to, like, get out of my apartment, get out of my lease with the way this may go this weekend um, if I if this goes south for me because I got I like every game. But you could be right. And I'm saying, like, I'm so confident that it actually makes me not confident. So so you could be right, Ross. But I got takes on almost – I like the Panthers against the Bucks. I think the Bengals are going to cover in Baltimore. Way too many points. Ravens are not good enough to be a 12-point favorite. Give me Cincinnati. I gave you the Browns. I like the Texans in the over. I like the Jaguars to beat the Saints. I like the Eagles against the Vikings. I like the Redskins to roll over the Miami. Dolphins. I love that line. The Dolphins are terrible. Falcons are going to kill the Cardinals. Jets will cover against the Cowboys. No opinion. Titans, Broncos. Steelers, I think, have a chance to win outright on, on Sunday night against the Chargers. And then I like the Lions. Give them a chance to win outright Monday night against the Packers. So I like almost every okay. game on the board this week in the NFL. That was fast. So I want to rewind a couple. One being Jacksonville. Gardner oh, Minshew. Yeah. Why, why do they beat the Saints? The Saints, that defense has proven to be spectacular. And how about one other game? Minnesota. Two yep. weeks ago, Kirk Cousins was the poop emoji. And now he's favored against the Eagles, who might have the best roster in football. What do you think? Uh, explain those two. Well, the Jaguars bet, I think, is like, and, and I think I said, I may have said it last week, where like, there were like, really good bet numbers, not teams bets, where you kind of have to really like avoid looking at rosters, right? And you just have to like look at the numbers and look at the spot. Look what the line's telling you. Last week, that was the case in the Bears-Raiders game. Like, it didn't make a ton of football sense. I guess it kind of did in retrospect, but no one was really thinking about it. The Raiders were coming off the back-to-back -back wins where where the numbers were telling you to take the Raiders, but it just didn't feel right, right? Because it was the Khalil Mack revenge game. This is the same kind of situation. So, Dave, you kind of went through, you know, the Saints defense and, you know, the Jaguars starting a rookie quarterback. Why are the Jaguars favored in the game? Everyone's going to think that. Everyone's going to bet on the Saints. And you know that nice fountain outside the Palazzo? You think it fucking appeared out of thin air? It's because of, you know, people like us that are betting the Saints as a, as a one-point road dog in Jacksonville. Jacksonville's going to win that game outright. Jacksonville laying the, uh, laying the one. And the other game that you asked about was the Eagles and the Vikings. Um, I think the Vikings deserve to be favored in this game they're you know they're coming off a road demolition of a Giants team that had won that had won two straight games so I kind of get it but again I think it goes back to our formula are the Eagles a good team yes Kirk Cousins does he play well against good teams no so we will take the Eagles although I will throw this out there that if the Vikings coach this game properly and I want to give credit to Kevin Stefanski and Gary Kubiak I think they did last week like they threw it all over a bad Giants defense Cousins got back on track Thielen looked good maybe it could be Stefan Diggs time this week we saw it a couple weeks ago in that Packers Eagles game like throw all over this Eagles secondary Jets couldn't take advantage last week because they were Falks with Luke Falk you know Kirk Cousins should be able to do it this week. Can they actually throw the football and get away from the prehistoric offense they've been running with Dalvin Cook? We'll see. Um, if I had to bet the game, though, I would take Philadelphia. Hey, Nick, just out of curiosity, uh, do we have any checks and balances here? Like, what what, what exactly is your record so far this season? Um, In the Super Contest, which I share with a buddy, I'm 13 and 12. He's made a couple of bad picks. If we do my Sports Illustrated best bets, I think I'm like five or six games over 500. Look, I never. This is what I'll always say, and I'm and I like a conversation I had with Mike D when we were talking like before before I got brought on here. I am a I'm a host that gambles. I'm not a professional gambler, so I think that I'm pretty sharp. I talk to a lot of sharp people over the course of the week here. There are going to be a lot of weeks where I get my ass kicked. I'm never going to come on the air and be like I win all the time because I don't. Every gambler loses a lot. I lose a lot. I'm going to have a week where I absolutely get my ass handed to me. I don't think it's going to be this weekend, but I could be wrong. So look, I could come on this week and be and go 0 and 5. It's possible. I'm not saying that these are all locks. 99 star 
lock of the millenniums. But I do think that I'm going to have a good week this week, and I am over 500 by a couple of games. I'm not sure how many. I'll have to count. It might be like three to five games so far this season. All right. I wanted to ask you quickly about uh, college football slate. I was surprised to see Texas currently an 11-point favorite over Oklahoma. That's a pretty good football team. Yeah, I like um, I, I I like Texas getting the points here as the as the dog against Oklahoma mm. in this game here. Um, we kind of and this is kind of how I cap this game. And I'm a little shocked by the movement here that Oklahoma's gone up a little bit. Um, it's actually it's, I, I just looking now. It, um, it's it's starting to come back down to ten and a half. My guess is that this will hit ten by by Saturday and perhaps even dip under ten because I think people okay. uh, professional betters will come in on Texas. Um, we haven't seen Oklahoma this year. Um, really in one of these tight games and really like show us what they're actually about, right? That hasn't happened yet this year. They, they basically rolled over everybody. The one game that we've seen where Texas really had to show up and show out, it lost, but it lost to a really good LSU team. But I think actually coming out of that game, we felt better about both teams because of LSU, because of how well Joe Burrow played in Texas, because they hang tight in that game the entire way against an LSU team that could challenge Alabama later this season in the SEC. So Texas has already shown us it's got a little something. We haven't seen it yet from OU. We're getting a double digits here. I bet it at 10 and a half. So I'll take the points gladly with Sam Ellinger in Texas here. And Sam Ellinger is awesome. And I think Sam Ellinger can definitely, at, at, the, at the worst, you'll get a chance to backdoor late with Sam Ellinger in Texas against that Oklahoma defense. And I'll sign up for that. All right, quickly, LSU also minus 13 against Florida, who looked outstanding last weekend. Yeah, bet numbers, not teams. LSU um, in this game over Florida, again, is the way you need to think about it. Florida in front of a national audience last week, absolutely embarrassed. Auburn, um, we haven't seen LSU really in the national spotlight since that game. It feels like it, 10 years ago against Texas. So what's the average better going to think when he or she opens up his, his or her account tomorrow before the game starts? They're going to see Florida's getting two touchdowns, and they're going to be, wow, Florida just beat Auburn. How are they getting two touchdowns? Answer, because LSU's going to win by two touchdowns. Big game for Joe Burrow. Florida can't keep up offensively. I'm going to lay it with LSU. Outstanding. He's Nick Costos. Check him out on You Better You Bet and just admire the Adidas jacket. He's got the matching pants, even shorts, yes. and always bringing the chain. You yeah, the man, Costos. That, but, but here, but we also we got a pair of Yeezys right. here also that I was wearing just now. So it's complete the uh, the douchey outfit. There what you are go, Yeezys? Ross. What are Yeezys? <laughs> they're the, they're they're sneakers. Oh. I see. I what? feel like Ross is playing ignorant. Ross knows what they are and he's just playing. No, I don't. No, I yes, don't. Do. What are they? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. They're sneakers. I don't. Um. I'll um also, I'll get a. Dead no, he serious. doesn't know. He doesn't know. I Costos. definitely don't know. I, I Edu Costos, not educate know. him. Educate him. Yeah, and so so Adidas signed Kanye West like um I don't know like maybe like four or five mm -hmm. years ago, and it's Kanye's brand of sneakers that that are like probably and I this may be an ignorant comment, but I feel like. I don't know if they sell as many as Jordans do at this point, but I feel like they're like gaining on Jordans for like the number one sneaker out there. Okay, so do you think it's because the sneaker is that 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 attractive or because NYDBs like you buy yeah. a sneaker just because it's Kanye's sneaker? Um, well, I think it's probably a combination of both. We we refer to those people as hype beasts in the community, Ross, in the, the sneakerhead community. As what? Hype beasts, people that just want to get hype beasts. People that just want like hyped sneakers, even if they don't look good, they'll buy them if there's a lot of hype around them. And anything Kanye does certainly has a lot of hype around it. I happen to think the shoes look great. I've got like six pairs. Um, I'll send you a you picture. You know what? Also, it suits you. It suits you, Nick, because yeah. just like you, Kanye's a douchebag. 
So okay. you're you should wear those shoes. We're also we're also brilliant creative geniuses. So I will gladly be a douchebag in exchange for the for the other plaudits that I'm sure you're thinking but will not say. But I know that you're thinking, so I appreciate it. Also, I do have an accounting degree from Fordham Ross. So at some point over the next 72 hours, I will have a thorough accounting of my wins and losses this year, and we'll report back on Sunday morning with the units won and lost thus far on the NFL season for you. Yeah, I would say the fact that you haven't done that to this point and you don't track your bets. Would be very all concerning. My, all my shit's out there. Like, I do I do a million podcasts. Yeah. It's all on Twitter. It's all on video. Like, I'm hiding from the results. If I lose, I'm the most... <laughs> see, you wouldn't know this, Ross, because you don't follow me on Twitter because you're up in the ivory tower. So you wouldn't know this. You can't come down and chill with the commenters and rub shoulders with the common folk with your fucking Princeton shirt, your bright orange Princeton shirt, buddy. I'm the most self-deprecating guy out there. I make really stupid bets. I lose a lot of bets. I never am like, I'm the ultimate better. I win all the time. I never say shit like that. I am going to get my ass handed it to me at some point. I really hope it's not this weekend because I've been saying all week that I'm going to kill it this week. So I hope it's not this weekend, but it's coming. It's coming for all of us, my friend. Gambler is right around the corner and it's time to pay our debts. And for me, it may be this week. I hope it's not. I hope I get to avoid my stay of execution for another week. Walk those Yeezys out of this shot. They broke the mold with Nick Costos. Good to see you, my friend. Good luck this week. Ross, talk to you Sunday, buddy. Can't wait. <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, Ross Tucker learned what Yeezys are. He learned something new today. We're going to take a quick I, I break. Legitimately, we, yeah. Dave, do you uh, have dude. Yeezys? Hell no. I'm the least cool guy on the planet, man. But I know they are very socially, culturally relevant. They are worth hundreds and a lot of times thousands of dollars on eBay. Wow. I hate them. I think they imagine look being the person. Imagine being the person in life that pays thousands of dollars for Yeezys. Imagine oh. imagine that being your existence as a human being. I hope I'm not friend with anybody like that because they are all losers. What yeah, are those? I, I got, these are all birds. And I mean, these are 90 bucks and they feel like socks on your feet. Uh, I, I mean, they're probably cool out in the like uh, tech sector out there in California, but no, I am not cool. I also think Yeezys are just awful, and I agree with you. I think Kanye is completely bonkers. Flip-flops, what kind? The, these are Old Navy flip-flops. I oh. think that they were $9.99. The back of them's kind of peeling off a little bit oh. like that. <laughs> this is how I roll, okay? <laughs> this is what's cool. This is what's cool. Look, even my flip-flop can talk for me. This is what's cool. That's definitely going to go on Dude, social. I'm screwed. I cannot believe you just revealed those hideous, horrible Old Navy flip-flops. I got to send you some new flip-flops, bro. I know you only wear free shit or $10 stuff, so I'm going to send some your way. We're no, gonna just take so a break. you know, Dave. Yep, just so ahead. you know, okay? No, just so you know, in all sincerity, uh, all these right. are my – so I have a detached garage, which is what I turned into my studio – these are my detached garage inside shoes only. I don't wear these in public. Although, honestly, you want to know the flip-flops I wear in public all the time, including yesterday? I wear blue flip-flops from, you're not, I, I don't think you could guess in a million years. You don't Croc even know. flip-flops. Croc flip-flops. And if I'm wearing the army gear, you know how I was wearing that army shirt and those army shorts? I went with camo oh. flip-flops. I mean, camo camo Crocs. It was awesome. Oh. It was amazing. Oh. So, oh. yeah. 
I mean, Dave, when you got it, you got it. You know what that I mean? That is a crying shame. You like are sometimes an absolute God says, disgrace. Dave, sometimes God says, let's make him smart. Let's make him athletic. Let's make him fashionable. You know what I mean? Like sometimes God just gives one person everything. And you are an absolute disgrace. is in the pudding. It is, is a in good the thing. You are big and strong and got a brain because that is an absolute disgrace. We are now nine minutes overdue for a break. We're going to take one when we come back. We'll bring in Brad Evans from Yahoo Sports to talk about all your fantasy tips for tonight and this weekend and the perils of social media. And Handshake Gate has resolution between Baker Mayfield and Richard Sherman. We promised a break. We only have five minutes of commercials each hour. Here's one of those breaks. We'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.